Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm just, I'm concerned. Why? My security, bro. Are you concerned you're not going to know what we're talking about today? Probably. But that's, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I'm not really sure how that's going to be different from any other episode of Startup Hustle, which, by the way, is brought to you by Fullscale.io, the place that can help you set up a development team quickly and affordably have well you heard, have you heard of full scale i have yeah yeah is that because we own it together yes okay that's true okay well and i was there eight times last year true i was there just recently as well so um by the way joining us today is mickey mouse that's pretty awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a giant mickey mouse here in the studio sitting next to me and then we have our guest right across from him. I'll go ahead and introduce him. Sorry, we had to go with order of fame. Absolutely. Okay. So with us today, we have Eric Foster, who is the president of Sideris. Is this true? Absolutely. Okay. So you are you really kind of brought this episode in in an ominous way, Matt. Are you planning on overwhelming me with, with nerdtacular stuff today? Or going to make it rain. Yeah, we'll do oh, our best. Man. So we're going to talk about, yeah, definitely here in my wheelhouse, cybersecurity startups. Yeah. It's uh, something that I really spend a lot of time not reading about. <laughs> so it's a big problem these days, right? Every every bank, every government agency. Um, just this morning, they were talking about uh, whatever company it is in Ukraine that is all the linchpin of the Bidens and Trump and all that. I can't remember the name of it, but I guess Russia or somebody hacked into them a couple days ago. <laughs> whatever that company was, I can't remember what it's called. Like cybersecurity is a big thing. And it's it's a broad topic. You know, when you say cybersecurity, like what does that mean? Is that anything from like your Norton antivirus to super duper encryption or not letting the Russians elect their next president? Yeah, how, yeah, quite literally all of those things. And it is a super broad topic. In fact, uh, we think it's one of the most broad topics in IT right now. There, uh, A lot of people's measure there are 4,000 different vendors in cybersecurity right now. So it is it is a ridiculously broad topic. 4,000 cybersecurity vendors? Yeah. Now with that, you got Sideris. And by the way, you spell that C-Y-D-E-R-E-S. Yeah, e easy story there. I took the first couple letters of cyber defense and response. Sideris.com ah. available. That's basically what you need to name mm, a company these days. Clever. Yeah. Clever. So with that, you guys are a part of FishTech. And uh, for those that aren't aware, first off, you can go to fishtech.group, go to forward slash Sideris, and you can learn all about them. Or uh, if you're on the gram, go to at fishtech group. Now, fishtech is a company here in Kansas City that's made quite a name for themselves with cybersecurity. Uh, we've been out to your office, which, by the way, is sweet. 
guys have won the coolest office in Kansas City at one point. That's right. Officially, yeah. Kansas City's coolest I just, office. I just need keys to the cars that are. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm authorized to throw those in with any deal. So I like it. I like it. There's some cool cars on the first I'm floor. I'm afraid to ask how much a deal costs. <laughs> but um, with that, Eric, I'd like you to go ahead and give us the backstory on Sedaris. Um, and, you know, like how did, how did any of this even start? Sure. I, it's a great question. It's a story I love telling. So, you know, for me, this really comes from a place of passion and dissatisfaction with the current state of the industry, quite honestly, which I, I would say is sort of the genesis of a lot of really good startups that I've followed over the years. So I'm a three-time CISO. CISO mean chief information security officer, basically somebody that runs usually the security program for a company. And I'm sitting in my last most recent CISO role. And in this circumstance that I need the services that my company, that our company, Sideris, currently provides, uh, which we would describe as managed security services. Basically, I'm in a situation that I need a partner to come in and help me extend out my organization, something you guys are obviously very familiar with from the development world. Well, think the same thing in cybersecurity, right? I can't hire, find, attract, retain the talent that I need to protect my enterprise. And that's my primary job, the thing that keeps me up at night. And so I go out to the market. I literally go out to Gary Fish you know, who's very well known for this, who just very recently started up Fishnet or man, I, we do that all the time, had very recently started up Fish Tech after, you know, successfully starting running for a number of years and selling Fishnet security here in Kansas City, but had recently come back to the table with Fish Tech. And I, I reached out to Gary and basically laid out my requirements. Here's what I need. I've got a very reasonable budget. Who's out there that's doing cybersecurity monitoring and partnership like this very well. And, you know, with Gary's partnership basically brought me in a long list of vendors that are doing this. And we ultimately very dissatisfied with everybody that was out there that was doing this, you know? And so I'm quite literally sitting down complaining to Gary, like, Gary, this is ridiculous. Everybody that's out here is either ridiculously expensive or they're just absolutely terrible. And there has to be some better way to do this. What I'm asking is not unrealistic. And in fact, I think everybody has this challenge for their business. They need a partner who can provide them a great service at a greater, a fair price. And Gary, basically, after listening to me complain for a while, said, well, why don't you, instead of keep complaining about this, why don't you come over and do something about it instead? Well, I, I guarantee you there's a whole bunch of banks and, and places like that, that a company like yours will walk in and they'll be like, we need to solve this. We'll give you millions of dollars. We don't even care. Right. And there's firms that just prey on that and charge absurd amount of money that probably also do a terrible job on top of it. Oh, you got it. Exactly. And I think that is the it's like a gold step. rush to, to try and steal that money away from these banks and stuff that are scared to death. I, I think you're exactly right. It's, you know, there's a whole bunch of people in this industry that sort of target those biggest companies and they do so and just, you know, and somebody there wants to check the box of like, yep, we're secure. We got it. We hired this vendor. <laughs> yeah, it's, we, it's harder than that. It, it is yeah. a lot harder than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes and no. <laughs> you know, from, from the outside looking in, and I'm not going to pretend to be a cybersecurity expert because I'm not, but it seems like anything and everything gets or gets hacked. Well, like, use, I mean, it, 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 so, so let's so use when, an example. Yeah. So, but my question is, is what are we securing? Well, let's use an example for Please. a second. The biggest vulnerability in this office is somebody can walk in that door with a USB stick and plug it into your Mac right there. Mm. 
and now they own your Mac and they have access to our network and then they can try and spread across the network, etc. I see. That is the most simplest of all vulnerabilities and is one of the biggest ones in every organization. So how do you prevent that? Disable USB ports. <laughs> I see. You know, in security, we tend to talk about compensating controls, right? And we also talk about sort of stacking multiple controls together. So that's absolutely one approach. You could disable your USB port. You could put software on the machine that's going to check everything that gets plugged into it and going to try to keep bad things from running. You could, you know, obviously put somebody at the front desk who is security trained, who's going to ask the right questions of somebody and, you know, even potentially escort them in and not leave them in a room with your Mac for a little while. And, and I agree that's obviously, you know, physical security and then that crossover between physical and electronic is definitely a big vulnerability. I would respectfully argue probably an even bigger vulnerability is actually your email. You get X number of email every day from all sorts yeah. of people that you don't trust. That I do get. It, okay, you know, click this this invoice absolutely. or blah, blah, blah. And I'm absolutely. like, it says it's coming from Adobe. And it's I, I got one yesterday. It said it was from Adobe. And then I looked at the domain that it sent and it was like Jed's photography. I'm like, okay, that's legit. Let's open that up. Yeah. So when, when clicking that or those spammy garbagey things they're just getting you to unleash the kraken in your own computer yeah. system okay so that that's so, definitely so what what, what are those people what are those uh what are those uh, uh bad actors what are they wanting to do are they wanting to steal data are they wanting to do something different like what's their objective or it, are they just messing around it, it's ultimately all of those things so there's a, definitely a set of group of what we call threat actors that are out for your data data these days, a lot of people will say is, you know, electronic gold, especially personal information records, health records, credit card records, all of those can quite literally be turned into money pretty easily, you know, if you're, if you're a bad guy. But most people these days are directly after the money themselves. So a lot of what you see in that umbrella we call business email compromise or BEC, which is that sort of umbrella term for all sort of attacks that happen via email, which is quite honestly the single biggest threat in cybersecurity these days. So a, a lot of those people are literally directly going for your money. And that's the, the you know, payment scams that you see, you know, like you, I think you touched on, you know, we got this invoice from this place, pay, sure. pay us $2,000 here. We see a lot of it even in gift card scam, you know, I'm your CEO and I need to buy 10 iTunes gift cards to give to employees this month as a bonus go out here, register those cards, send me these codes. And it sounds ludicrous, but they do it because it works. Hmm. It works extensively. And the, the big thing about this too is the people that are impacted by that, it's not just some big nameless, faceless corporation. We see real people impacted by this every day. And especially we see it a lot in the small business and even in the startup community. Uh, there have literally been small businesses and startups that have closed their doors had to cease to operate because of successful cybersecurity attacks, whether that's been things like ransomware or these wire transfer or other financial fraud. Okay. So now you mentioned earlier, you're talking about security and you've, you know, it sounded like we've set up a team of either ninjas or green berets at the front desk to, you know, break someone's arm if they're not acting correctly. But does every, does every business and every type of company need the same level of protection? Now I know the answer to this, but I, I feel like you guys will probably better define this. Yeah, no, I, that's a great question. And I, I don't think every business needs the same level of protection. Ultimately, every business doesn't have the same 
risks and threats. And, you know, I think Matt made a really good analogy earlier of, you know, the biggest banks in the world might spend literally millions or tens of millions of dollars on cybersecurity. And they do that the same reason they spend a whole bunch of money on physical security and vaults and everything else, because they literally have, you know, significant funds that they're trying to protect. But your business, you know, even your guys' business directly, you know, you're protecting the ability of your business to operate every day. You're protecting the information that you have on your clients and on your employees, and you're protecting the funds that you guys use to operate. And so, you know, we see for most customers, there's sort of a rule of thumb. You should be spending somewhere between 10 and 20, 25% of your IT budget on cybersecurity. Okay. Well, that could be a lot. So for, for you guys, what part of this do you guys really focus on? Sounds like obviously a big part of what you guys, the services you provide have to do with email as a service that you provide. It sounds like different types of security around that. What other types of stuff do you guys do? Do you focus on like, okay, StackFi uses Microsoft Azure. We're going to help you with best practices with that and and help you get the tools you need to monitor for, you know, people that are trying to... Um, attack into our systems? Like what all, what all kind of services do you guys provide? Yeah, I appreciate that. So really the primary thing we do is something called managed detection and response. Um, a lot of people will call it security operations, or you might've heard the term SOC, S-O-C, Security Operations Center. So the idea on that service, we're providing 24-7, 365 security experts that are mon- literally monitoring your environment, looking for threats, and then detecting those threats and responding to those threats. So that's sort of our flagship offering. You know, we like to describe it as essentially we're partnered with your company to help protect and defend it from a cybersecurity perspective in almost every aspect. So is that does that mean like my office? Does that mean my data center and both? Yeah, we're, we're really primarily focused on the cybersecurity aspect of it. Um, physical security can roll up into cyber, but, you know, we're really laser focused on like the computer security, the Internet security uh, aspect, protecting your data center, protecting your computers, protecting your employees, okay. uh, all of that. But then we do actually have... Uh, completely separate offerings for uh, what we call cloud security as a service. So exactly as you mentioned, you know, companies that are taking their development stack to the cloud, a lot of times we find don't have a tremendous amount of experience or expertise in securing that cloud environment. And as you know, most of the cloud providers, security is on you. You know, they're happy to sell you compute and they're happy to sell you storage, but they don't typically come in and go, we're going to secure all that for you. Right. So question for you. So, a lot of the issues we have around email and stuff like that, some of them are phishing attacks, but some of them are, are viruses. So if somebody is using their Android phone or iPhone or tablet these days, do those have much risk of opening an email attachment that could be a virus? Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, you know, probably, quite honestly, the biggest viruses we see these days are ransomware you know, which you guys have probably all Mm -hmm. seen, you know, locks up a computer, basically forces you to usually pay a ransom to get everything unlocked and does a really good job of sort of sitting behind the scenes and encrypting everything that's on your computer so that it becomes inaccessible and can even spread throughout your network. Uh, Generally speaking, as you're talking like mobile devices, Android phones are a little bit less secure than the uh, Apple devices. Apple basically made a little bit more of a closed ecosystem, and that keeps some of the bad guys out a little bit more. Um, it goes a little bit 
the other way, if you jailbreak your iPhone, um, you know, if you go through and basically unlock it so that you can install third-party software and some other settings, that can make you a little bit more vulnerable. But generally speaking, your mobile devices aren't the biggest threat. They're a much bigger threat we actually see for phishing. Right. Um, and that's basically because of the smaller screen. You know, so everybody's getting email on their phones and you get that email that says it's an invoice or it says it's from one of your coworkers or something else. And because it's on that small screen, you don't look at it as closely. So you're more likely to click through and give up your username and password or, you know, give up some financial information. To me, to me those phishing attacks are the biggest thing. Like I could totally see my mom getting an email from Bank of America that says, hey, you know, due to a recent security breach, we need you to change your password. Click here go through this process and the next day you know she's like filled out all this online information that basically gives some and, criminal and some everything of, they some need of to that know. too if you if you were to click on that stuff especially on your phone like your phone doesn't like if i'm on a browser i can see my my you the url yeah like so much more clear and on yeah. the phone it's not always like because yeah. you know if I, I use an iphone so i click that and it opens in safari which is like the only reason that people use safari anymore but but with that, you don't see the whole URL. So it could be, you know, I could see how that could get confusing. By the way, for those of you listening, uh, we're talking about Sideris. Uh, that's C-Y-D-E-R-E-S. And you can find them at fishtech.group forward slash Sideris if you want more information. For Sideris.com. Yeah. Oh, Sideris.com. It, for, it should say that on my sheet. For those that are listening that and how this relates back to you personally. So there's a great website. I think it's called. Have I been pwned? Absolutely. With, with yeah, run by Troy Hunt. Yeah. And and you're familiar with the site? And so they have collected a bunch of the data from from different data breaches and leaks. And it's really fascinating. You can go to the website. I think it's have I been pwned.com. Yep. And owned, owned spelled with a P, like yeah. you said. Have I been owned, but with a P, yeah. And you put in your email address and it'll tell you, like, oh, were you in this? target breach or the Ashley Madison breach or like all these different data breaches that happened. Right. And, and then it'll even tell you your recent passwords that you use. And it's like, Hey, don't use these passwords because these passwords Are were collected there. in different data breaches. Yeah. And if you're a hacker, I could basically take, you know, Matt at stackfy.com with these common passwords and go try them on every website in the world and see if I can log into them. Does that mean I need to quit using password as my password? And th this is why... So change it to password one, two, three. <laughs> well, this is why experts tell you you should use a different password for different sites because once one of those passwords gets compromised, if you use that same password everywhere, they could take that password and try and log in everywhere, and including your bank or whatever, right? Mm. And that is exactly what the bad guys do. So like if you see they compromise your personal email, you might think, well, what are they going to get from my personal email? Well, the first thing they're going to do is take your email address and your known password and then go try to log into every banking site on the planet. And then they've got your money. Yeah. The Ashley, I mentioned Ashley Madison earlier because that, for those who don't know, it's like a is that where everyone an adult, got, is that where everyone got your personal data? It's an adult website that people <laughs> primarily use that were looking for mistresses or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, that data got leaked, right? And then and then you could go there and put in like your husband's email address, and be like, hey, yeah. was he in this data breach, right? Like that was interesting. Um, but there's there's websites like Have I Been Pwned that that you can go see if you were included in these data breaches. Yeah. So for those that are lit for, for listening, that's a really, even just as a normal consumer, 
Start formulating useful. your excuses now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you included in these data breaches? So and cool. a, a big fan of that site and definitely recommend everybody use it. because Of Ashley out, Madison? Uh, right. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you go out. Are they still in business after all that? Probably. I got to feel like that just bitch slapped them. I don't know. Like. Anyway, no publicity is bad publicity. I, God, I would think that that's not true. In that <laughs> I mean, case. we're talking about it right now, right? Uh, yeah, so they're getting yeah, publicity. But, but I mean, there's like a Netflix documentary on it I watched or something. I can't remember if that's yeah. where or something, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty nasty. But yeah, seriously, big fan of that. Have I been pwned website? Like, go out, sign up for it. Not only does it look historically, but it'll continuously monitor your email address. If you're in the next breach, you know, you'll get a notification that, okay, my information's out there and now I might be worried about that. Well, and, the, and, the, and the key point there I wanted to make was really about, that's why they recommend that you use different passwords everywhere. Because like on that side, it'll tell you, it'll show you like the first couple letters of like, hey, we've seen these passwords. And you're like, holy shit, they know those passwords. That's why I operate under the alias Dap Mikorsky. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. all right. So it's Sedaris and let's try this again. You can go to Sedaris, C-Y-D-E-R-E-S.com. Um, okay. Talking about the inaccuracy of data, my show notes, mm. but all right. So you mentioned that y you guys do manage protection and response. Does that mean that you actually clean up the mess if it, if it, if it slips through the net? That's the idea of the response side. And that's, in fact, one of sort of the big differentiators from some of those classic security services that we talked about earlier that we were sort of universally dissatisfied with is, you know, when I'm going out and looking for a partner to help me with cybersecurity, I'm actually looking for somebody to try to make my organization more secure. Most of the historic big cybersecurity outsourcing companies would literally just tell you there's a problem, but not do anything about it. Yeah. That wouldn't do much good for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, Hey, here's this problem. Go do something about it. And you pretty much go, well, isn't that why I hired you in the first place? And so that is exactly what we try to provide is this concept of managed detection and response to both not only detect when something has gone wrong from a cybersecurity perspective, but also be in position to help the company respond to it. So, you know, cleaning up from that phishing attack or that ransomware incident or, you know, whatever else has happened. So if you were helping Stackify as an example, the would you guys first go in and help us review like how all our servers are configured, make sure we have that'd be a big job, the right firewall policies, like all these different kinds of things. Right. But then would you also recommend we like set up different kinds of logging or different kinds of tools? Like how, how does that, how does that work? Yeah, you, you've got it exactly. So we definitely would normally like to start with something we call a compromise assessment. Like as we're coming in to sort of help you with detection and response, we want to understand first, is somebody in your environment already that you don't know about? And then from there, we execute what we call a readiness checklist, which is exactly as you said, let's, let's understand your current state and understand how you could be improved um, realistically, cost-effectively from a cybersecurity perspective, whether that's firewall configuration or logging configuration or your patch management process, all these sort of things. And then quite literally setting up the ability to log all of your things. You know, we want to see when things happen in your network, when they happen on your firewalls, when they happen in your applications. And we put those logs into a system that applies intelligence to it to try to bubble out interesting anomalies and then put all that data in front of a 24-7 security team that looks at it and then ultimately makes the human decision to say, we've got a problem here. We need to essentially call in the response team. 
got a whole bunch of smart people that sit around all day looking at computer screens and looking at these reports, waiting for alerts. Yeah, you, you've got it exactly. So now, now speaking on that, and do, do you have another comment, Matt? I was just, uh, well, I was just going to ask, like, how often do those alerts pop up? That was my follow-up question. Yeah, it, it's basically continuously. Um, I was going to say, so, I bet it's all day. You know, and, and especially, it, it depends on the customer. It depends on their environment. But, you know, you're generally, even a company like Stagify, you guys are probably generating hundreds of, if not, you know, several hundred security alerts a day, especially if you haven't gone in and like really tightly configured what sends you alerts. You know, but the list of alert of triggers for alerts is probably pretty massive, right? Oh, absolutely. Because it's, it, yeah. Is this like Schrodinger's cat? Do I really not want to know? <laughs> I want to leave it in the box. I don't want to know if the cat's alive or dead. I just want to leave it in there. Okay. By the way, you just violated a rule there. You, you have to now define what that is the schrodinger's cat yeah. you know it's this yeah yeah what is that i don't know it's like a <laughs> that's the theory that if you put a cat in a box and you don't know if it's alive or dead most people would rather just not know yeah like that's what pic- i'm saying they, they want to picture the rosy outcome yeah i just don't want to know right right like i don't want to know if i have security problems i don't know if i really want to sign up for this <laughs> right 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 well but but with that same with that same point and this plays well into the into the need for cybersecurity so I was watching the movie the big short the other day and they were talking about how uh, you know defining how why people make short short investments and that's because people overwhelmingly want to imagine the best case scenario and not the worst right. so you know so it's a lot more difficult to make those kind of investments but doing so you know, when you're buying stock, you're buying it because, you know, it's going to go up. It's going to go up. It's going to kind of right. like our Bitcoin investments. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the, those were so bad that we didn't even do a follow up on them. Yeah. And we turned off the Bitcoin mining computers. Yeah. Um, but Interestingly, there's actually a really uh, common cybersecurity overlap there that that's actually one of the most common sort of low-hanging fruit cybersecurity crimes is they'll break into enterprises and install coin miners on your systems. Uh, even even today, even with, you know, where cryptocurrencies are priced today. Uh, in, in fact, so... No, if they're not paying the bill, they probably don't mind. Exactly. Is that yeah. why your server bill's high, Matt? Have you been mining? Maybe <laughs> that is the problem. <laughs> and we actually have seen that a bunch in like AWS or Azure. Interesting. Like somebody grabs your cloud compute huh. credentials and then go burns off just rallies several it. thousands of dollars of cloud compute spend. And, you know, how close do you look at that? And that's sort of exactly what I mean, you know, to your point of, do you really want to know about this? Is that why the startup hustle website bill is, <laughs> bill yeah. is suddenly so huge? There's even people that have, put in javascript on sites so then when their users go to the website it's actually mining crypto in the browser yeah on all the stuff oh yeah people are inventive absolutely for that we thank them but people do it for a good reason yeah so all right so let's uh, thank you for that well-rounded set of information i mean this is fascinating stuff um you know it's uh you you mentioned the inventiveness like Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing to think what could happen in this world if people would put this same energy and creativity into something a little more useful than theft? Okay, so let's talk about your business in general. Um, so Sideris, C-Y-D-E-R-E-S.com. Glad we got that right. Um, you've been around for two years, but your guys are up to 74 employees. So yeah. something's going well there. Like what's the, what, you know, along the way, and, you know, you uh, I, with Fish Tech and Gary Fish and just Google them, 
if you want, but Gary's been quite successful. Um, even at edging you out for an award once, what wasn't that the case? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn you, Gary. Yeah. Him and I went to the same college. Nice. Yeah. Well, that, I'll tell you what, that college is doing all right when it comes to local exits. Then. Yeah. Cause fish check, okay. or fit was that fish net. That was yeah, a different net. company. Fish okay. Net, okay. Yep. So with that two years later, um, 74 employees, um, you know, we've had a similar growth pattern at full scale. Um, you know, we're coming up on our 200th employee uh, on t- in two years. Uh, awesome. That, yeah, But it's crazy at the same time. It's like a lot to keep up with. What it's like some- you guys are building buildings out there to house yeah. these people. And what, what are some of the things that have been a challenge with that rapid growth? Well, without question, finding the right talent and finding the right people. In fact, you know, cyber, cybersecurity is one of the most in-demand yeah. positions that there is in all of IT. Uh, you'll see statistics thrown around like numbers in the millions of unfillable cybersecurity jobs. I believe it. So, you know, that, that scale definitely. And that's a problem across that. all industries. And then the more niche that they get, the more challenging. And now with that as well, I would imagine that you need to have people here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I do think we've got a ridiculously unfair advantage in that, you know, you mentioned Gary Fish, you mentioned, mentioned the legacy of Fishnet and, you know, this go around with Fish Tech. you know, part of what Gary has done is built this absolutely amazing campus in Martin City that very much helps us attract talent. And, and for, a huge difference. And so we have listeners in 190 countries. Martin City is a, is a very small area. It's actually got a train running through it that's loud and annoying. There's a couple pizza places or a barbecue restaurant and then the and the now booming fish tech campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I only go there for the barbecue and the fried chicken. Correct. And I've been doing that my whole life. My whole life. I grew I up right. I grew up I, fried chicken. Matt and I both live really close to Martin City. And I grew up right around the corner from it on the Kansas side. But um, yeah, honestly, I think that's one of the, I mean, so much impresses me about Gary, but one of the things like how committed he is to Kansas city and to that, you know, especially even that little sub region of Martin city and, you know, how much he focuses on giving back and really, he believes, I think, transforming the city for good. You know, we've had a huge impact on Martin city and Martin city's economy. And, you know, you can just see the whole sort of infrastructure grow up around us and around the investment he's made in that part of Kansas city. I think it's cool. I think Martin city is like one of those little spots that like could, could like turn into something cool. It's an opportunity zone, by the way. Yeah. It's a cool little kind spot. Of interesting. It's a cool little spot. Everybody drives through. Yeah. Kind of. That's pretty much. Yeah. If you yeah. go all the way back in history, you know, it's where I go to hit golf balls. Gary right before built, I don't play golf. Gary built Fishnet downtown before downtown was cool. You know, back when he built Fishnet downtown, there were not a lot of companies doing business down there. And obviously that's completely transformed. So we'll see if, you know, 20 years from now, Martin City has the same sort of effect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting what's been going on here in Kansas City. Just in general, somehow we got just dropped off a list of the top 50 places you should start a business, which blows my mind. There's no way. Well, I think it's, it's gotta be a challenge to hire and recruit people. Like you mentioned earlier, I mean, it's hard in it in general, and and that's one of the reasons that that full scale has really grown, but cybersecurity in itself is its own little uh, thing. It seems like there's a lot of companies in Kansas city that do cybersecurity stuff though, like pen penetration testing and things. So Hopefully you can get some talent from those places, but it's, it's got to be tough. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, so my 
previous startup to, uh, you know, coming over to FishTech, uh, we actually moved to Kansas City in part because Kansas City had a really vibrant cybersecurity culture. Interesting. And, you know, a lot of that is quite honestly the uh, legacy of FishNet. So, you know, you had the largest cybersecurity solutions provider in North America headquartered here. Obviously, they had people every place and they had, you know, people literally all well, over the world. Well, speaking of that, so FishTech does a lot of different things. And some of the things they do is... Uh, professional services around penetration testing and they sell, do they still sell like firewalls and hardware and all sorts of stuff like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not really the focus of the company. You know, Gary very correctly saw that the sort of where cyber was going was more aligned cybersecurity services, strategic consulting, managed services, yeah. but still stood up the, what we call the VAR business, the value added reselling business to okay. help companies with all that. But more, you know, we want to be your trusted advisor. We want to help your company right. become secure. And that just happens to be buying some product as well. So basically, FishTech has a lot of different kind of business units and you guys are one of those. Um, but they all kind of help each other, right? I mean, you can go into something and say, hey, you should probably do some penetration testing. FishTech does that and yeah, you've, blah, you've, blah, blah. This you, penetration you testing, is that just to make sure that you can't get into a system? Yeah, like your logins to secure and like different things like that. Like just basic, a lot of it's pretty basic, like intrusion testing. Why do you keep smirking when I say, when we, when we it, hear the penetration yeah, testing? Yeah, you say penetration testing and I'm like, I was, I only said go? it once. Yeah. No, I, I'm not, I don't have a history of that. For those of you that want to learn Matt's history with that, go listen to the acronyms episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mickey Mouse is sitting next to you. He's and been really kinda... quiet. Um, he's got his hands up. He seems to want to, yeah. I don't know. He's focused. He's, he's yeah. He didn't have much to say. I just got back from Disneyland. I know Disney World. Yeah, that's right. I can't really get the two mixed. I, <laughs> we're gonna do a show just about that soon um, because you want to talk about entrepreneurship. Um, that is a cash factory. So with that, there's a certain uh, I'm I'm concerned about security of something that is now out there um, because you can now find the mixtape app for both iOS and Android. And we yeah. want to make sure that shit's locked down. Now we're going to save the actual playing of it. Cause Joel's going to come in and we're going to play. Awesome. We're going to break the app out. So we're still one thing that you cannot penetrate are the traditional <laughs> mixtape card deck. <laughs> they are secure. Unpenetratable. Okay. Eric, have you played mixtape? I have. You have. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, long time listener. First time caller. I love it. The apps out there. Yeah. If you are a Spotify premium member, you can play. We are going to have a lot more iterations of that, but we kind of, we kind of quietly release that into the app store without a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of hype. Um, quite a few fun uh, upgrades coming with that. Okay. Mixtapethegame.com. Download the app, find some people to play it with. I pulled the card. The best Monday morning work song. Mm. I guess I got to go with taking care of business. That's such a shitty answer. Yeah, That's sorry. Cheap. That's cheap. I know. I know. It's better than Limp Bizkit. You though. know, the sad thing is, is like that was the first thing in my head. So I'm also kind of hating on myself. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't say fuck you by CeeLo Green. That's been banned. The Can best Monday morning work song would 
maybe be <laughs> what's what's the Lent Biscuit song that's it's just one of those days break when you don't want to wake up. Let's break things. Break yes, whatever it's called. Yeah. Are you allowed to answer Lent Biscuit? Yes. Ah, what? I'm not. See, I, I'm actually going to go completely the opposite, man. And like, you're probably going to win if you come up with a halfway reasonable uh, response. Well, I'm going to go, like, for me, when I go Monday morning, it's not about coming in and, like, oh, man, we're gone from that. We're so ridiculously passionate about what we're doing. Like, I'm excited to get into the office. I'm, you know, motivated and ready to pump up as opposed to, you know, being a little pissed off there. Um Actually, this week has actually been like old school ACDC thunderstruck. Like, I like that because that's like starting that you win as he won. I can't vote for Limp Biscuit because that was banned. <laughs> so I have to vote for him. I, as you saw, like I was already I'm like <laughs> sitting here preparing the money gun and, and giving him the opportunity. I'm just going to hand it over and the golden money gun. Just Ooh, shoot it at Watson. Let's see if this. Ah! There we go. Just fire it. Fire it. Let it loose. Yeah. Did that discharge? <laughs> I think I just got penetrated with money. Yeah, you failed the penetration testing, yeah. Matt. Wow. All awesome. right. That was another great video. You know, the thing is I've recorded all these money gun videos, and I always claim that I'm going to post them at the at Startup Hustle instagram page and then i don't so that's because you're busy on tiktok posting them no i'm not busy there <laughs> although if you want to check out there is a really awesome uh video uh on the startup hustle tiktok that i did where erica brun just literally pasted you straight in the face with the cash that's a good haul there matt yeah i'm gonna go buy lunch now that's a lot of ones mm-hmm. why do you have so many ones well so, all right. So, I want to I want to throw a couple other things out there. Um, so, Sedaris, C Y D E R E S dot com. Um, now, with some of the rapid growth that you've had as well, um, and before we hit before we hit record, we promised that we wouldn't make up statistics, um, even though you know the statistics. Now, let's talk a little bit about the growth because obviously, seventy four employees. That's legit. You're doing something. Something's going well. Um, and you told me that you guys have seen, you know, what, what's, what's the growth number? I mean, we're two years later. I mean, I got to think that between Sedaris and full scale, we have two of the fastest growing companies here in the city. Oh, I, th- I think so. And well, and especially if you look at the fish tech parent company, you know, yeah. Gary's grown fish tech in three years to 250 employees from zero. So, and does that count the 74 that work there? Yeah. That, well, then that's still pretty significant. Yeah. So, Sideris, yeah. Good luck getting the top of the money gun open, by the way. There you go. It's easy when there's no money in it. Nice. All right. So, yeah, Sideris in just essentially two years on the market and about three years in existence, you know, like any good startup, you start building a little bit before you go to market. But, you know, going from essentially that zero to one journey and then, yeah, now to 70 some employees and growing even faster from there, you know, we'll probably add about 150, you know, do about 150% headcount growth this year, then doing about 300% revenue growth and have done uh, about 2000%, you know, year over year, uh, you know, exactly 1200% from last year to this year. 
What did we determine earlier? We had a famous Abraham Lincoln Twitter quote that said that 72% of statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah. That one is not. Abraham Lincoln not. famously said that on Twitter. I follow Abe on Twitter. I follow all of the dead presidents on Twitter. Mm. Yeah. I bet they have some funny stuff. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson is, you know, having grown hemp for as many years as he did. Mm. Um, it seems to be a big advocate of the legalization of cannabis. So, um, all right. So, all right. Now, Eric, first of all, thanks for coming in, man. This has been interesting. You guys, um, thanks for making me so much smarter, guys. Oh, you really appreciate it. Really appreciate the opportunity. I think if I could leave everybody with just a couple things. Um, well, then you're going to roll right into the Founders Freestyle. Yeah. Because that's actually how we like to end the episode. So go ahead, Perfect. by all means. So a, a couple things for me then, um, just something I talk to everybody about, you know, sort of how you can be more secure online for you as an individual or your business. Good good there, topic. There are a couple real easy things you can do. Um, one of the first things we touched on earlier, but, you know, use different passwords on every site you visit. Um, the easiest way to do that is actually with something called a password manager. Um, there are three or four out there that are really good. I personally am a fan of LastPass. That's what we use. Um, you know, but something you install, basically install it on your phone, install it on your computer, and you can generate a long, secure password for every site you visit so that when, you know, your dating site gets compromised, they don't use those credentials to go log into your bank or every place else. Um, the other big thing, and this is one of the most effective tools in cybersecurity right now, is enable what's called two-factor authentication. So a lot of more sites and uh, services these days will do things like send you a text when you want to log in. And that actually has a huge impact on your security because if somebody steals your password, unless they also steal your phone at the same time, you know, they're not going to have that second factor of authentication to get in. So um, really, you know, look for services that offer that and take advantage of those and definitely take advantage of that function. We'll do a lot. Uh, basically, those two things will do a lot to keep your personal information secure. And then the other big piece, just quite honestly, be very suspicious of every email you get, you know, especially if it's somebody that you haven't done business with before or anything else that's unusual. Email is absolutely the single biggest attack vector these days for your business, for you as an individual, for everything else. So uh, just be as aware as you can. And then, of course, you know, from our side, if there's something we can help you with from a cybersecurity perspective, uh, whether that's commercially or honestly, just even individually, you know, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, sort of taking a play part of that play from Gary Fish and trying to both give back and invest in the community, invest in the larger startup community. We do a lot of work pro bono, um, you know, just helping organizations try to be better than they are, providing tips and guidance and other things like that. And so there's a lot of information that we try to publish out to try to help people uh, basically it's, be more secure. So speaking of that, who is your target market? I mean, is I mean, is there like a minimum, you know, price point you guys are at that kind of makes it so oh, we only kind of do the Fortune 500 or is do, do you guys price to the point that somebody like StackFi can afford it? No, that's a great question. And in fact, we believe cybersecurity is for everybody and absolutely have service levels that are designed from the some of the largest companies on the planet to some of the smallest of small and mid-sized businesses. So I've got, uh, you know, literally some of the top companies in the world as managed services customers, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of employees. And I've got 10-person organizations here in town that are okay. focused startups as uh, companies as well. And we've tried to intentionally basically build a uh, – 
what we describe as providing a legendary service at a fair price. And one of the things we've gone out and done from a especially small and mid-sized business pricing perspective, our entry-level pricing is about the same thing you'd spend on hiring one full-time security person for your company. And so if you're at that size, you know, you've got a handful of IT people, or maybe you've got one full-time dedicated IT person and you're like, oh man, we really need a security guy for that same amount of money you'd spend. And in fact, a lot of times for even less than you'd spend on hiring one full-time security guy, you get a full 24 seven team, you get a full technology stack and you get, you know, all of this people process and technology to uh, ultimately help make your organization successful. Well, so I was going to say, I'm, I'm, you've mentioned a lot of amazing things there, by the way. Um, for those that are listening consulting as a service is something that is always extremely valuable. Cause to your, your point, like at Stackify, I'm like, yeah, it'd be great if we could hire somebody who's a security expert, but then how do I keep them trained? Still don't have the tools. How do I help them grow their career? How do I continue to make sure they learn best practices? You gotta hope they're any good at help it. The, how do I know if they're even good at what they do? Like all that's really difficult, right? Where if I come to you, I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to put you guys responsible for this and you guys will do that. That's what you do. Right. And it's a lot like people that come to full scale, right? They're like, ah, I need a couple of developers, but I don't know how to hire developers. I don't know how to know if they're any good. I don't know how to train them. How do I make sure they have a good career path? How do I keep them challenged? Like, keep I them no happy. how do I, I have no idea. Right. But my like full scale is like, yeah. ah, we got that. That's what we do. Right. So that type of consulting and services is, is always really valuable um, to, to businesses to help them do things that bring expertise to be like hiring an accountant or a lawyer. Like I don't want one full time on payroll either, but those are services that I need when I need them. Yeah, you, you've got it exactly. And we, we think that makes not only the best financial sense for those businesses, just like you mentioned, you know, a lot of companies can't go out and hire a developer. They or they need to supplement their development team. And that's the most cost-effective way to do it is to engage a company like yours. And then we see the same exact thing from a cybersecurity perspective that, yeah. you know, coming and engage. Bring the expertise. Yeah. Help me. Exactly. So I'll go ahead and uh, round this out. Thank you for both of you gentlemen allowing me to watch what just occurred over the last 45 minutes. It was truly transformational. <laughs> um, but no, at the same time, you know, you look at uh, – there's things that you may or may not want to buy as a business that you need to buy as a business, like insurance. Yes. Like you, these are things that you purchase that you hope you never need. But when you look at your startup and your business and you, you think, man, do I really want to roll the dice on not? And like, there's things that can cave the whole house of cards yep. in, in, a, in a hurry. And, you know, some of these security issues and some of this stuff uh, matter. And I think you want to take a look at it. And like Matt said, um, it, it's sometimes easy to want to do everything and like have everyone in house. And sometimes that just doesn't make any sense. Like if you can have a team of 75 people that are up on it and get it you know, then do that. So, you know, with that, once again, I want to encourage you guys to go to Sideris, C-Y-D-E-R-E-S.com. And check out fullscale.io. If you want to see how beautiful our talking heads are, today's episode will also be on the Startup Hustle YouTube channel. You're looking good, guys. Thank you. you, Thank are, you. I Thank want you. to encourage everyone to go out there. There's a bunch of links to all of this great stuff. Uh, Mickey, do you have anything to say on the way out? Yeah, guys, thank you for having me today. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was pretty well done. Wow, that was, can you do Voltron too? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I'm just going to go ahead and say see you all next time. Thank, thank you so much. much.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.